to the Power of Five podcast with Glenn Blakeney. Join us for revelatory teaching as well as riveting discussions and guest interviews on all things fivefold ministry. Welcome to the Power of Five podcast. Glenn Blakeney here. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Today, we continue the conversation with Tony Kim of Renaissance International. We're going to be looking at the whole aspect of the church shifting away from the corporate institutional model to family. And we're also going to go into the conversation in regards to the whole area of how does the church really make an impact upon the world, especially in these dark days when the church has lost its credibility in many parts of the world. Bless you guys as you listen. And once again, thank you so much for subscribing, rating, and leaving a review of the Power of Five podcast, where we address all things fivefold ministry. You referred to fathers and mothers, family. Huge shift right now. People are desperately wanting that. For example, I had a conversation earlier today with someone from a small island in the Caribbean, and they were saying they can't find spiritual fathers and mothers in their region. And and there's such a hunger and a desire for that. And we talked about that last last week as well on the broadcast. So what what does that look like moving forward? What do you anticipate the Lord doing in terms of those who are really embracing this reformation in terms of family and fathers and mothers versus the kind of institutional? I think there's a hunger out there, Glenn, because we're created for family. Conferences are great. Meetings are great. I host them. I do them. I speak at them. But at the end of the day, we're created for family. We're created for relationships. So it is a, it's a cry of humanity and creation for that. Mm. And, and so for me, I have to take it back to Matthew 16, verse okay. 18. Jesus says, right after Peter declares who Jesus is, you're the Christ, son of the living God. And then Jesus says, and I also say to you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gate of Hades will not overpower it. That phrase where he says, I will build my church. Right. And this is one of the things I believe God is putting his finger on right in this season is this, when he says, I will build my church, that word build there in the Greek is oikodomeo, which we derive the word oikos, which Mm -hmm. means home, right? family, community. And so then he says, I will oikodomeo my church, which is ekklesia. We're familiar with that. It's two Greek words put together, ek, kaleo, called out ones. But then the other side is the ones calling out is mm-hmm. also another meaning. And, and so you have the dual meaning there, but the ekklesia is actually founded on the oikodomeo, mm-hmm. on the oikos, on the family. So I really believe that there's a grace in this season where we're seeing family revival taking place. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing prodigals coming back. And the Lord spoke to me about this earlier wow. this year. And he said, Tony, I'm starting with family revival. And because one of the things that we know based upon sociologists and secularists in 2006, Glenn, the presidential administration, they did a research study 
okay, came out with this conclusion, and it was this, that every social illness can be attributed to lack of fathers, wow. which basically means broken families. And so if every social illness is connected to broken families, then what's the foundation for healing society? It has to start with families within God's own children, within our own families. And yeah. so I believe reformation begins with the family. Transformation begins with the family. And so he's putting his finger on our families right now, and he's rebirthing hope for the ones that we've been praying for for yeah. years to re-engage with a new level of hope, to intercede, wow. to pray for the prodigals, pray for the, the husband or the wife or the children that have backslidden or still don't know him. I'm still praying for my father. We've been right. praying for him for 40 years, you know, for yeah. salvation. And he's yeah. going to come to know the Lord. And we all have family members. And I believe that family is the foundation for that. And it's Malachi 4, 5, 6. Hmm. He's turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and children to the fathers, lest I might smite the land with a curse. So God's heart is to bless the land, to hmm. societal transformation. And he does that on family. That's so good. I really believe that. And not only personally in our own biological families, but obviously the wider family That's that fine. created his church to be, as you mentioned, a household, so to speak, a family. And as a, an example of this, we pastored a church. When we went to this church, it was an established church. It was in decline. There were many people left. And we, people were, there was no community. There was basically, there was kind of a few people, the same people that would hang out with each other. But we were intentional over a period of a few years to build family. And by the time we ended up leaving the church and transitioning, we actually saw there was such family love and community there. It was amazing. And people to this day talk to us about that. We hear that. And, and I've visited, um, other churches, uh, even recently and obviously great churches, great content, great presence of God and all that. But then I look and I go, well, how do I connect with anybody? Like right. there's, there's no way to connect. I think this is a huge issue that we need to address. I was talking to a young millennial. It's actually on a Zoom call with a lot of other pastors from around the world. And there was this young millennial leader in South America, and he was talking about this, how they're seeing such a hunger among millennials for community. And he even said, if you have a choice to spend $200,000 on lights or build a cafe meeting area to hang out. He said, build the cafe meeting area because that millennials would and Gen Z would rather be able to hang out and build family that way. And I see that. I don't care who we are. You know, we're talking about reformation, Tony. And one of the things I believe in this reforming process that God is doing, God is reforming and bringing together a body too. That's and right. And Ezekiel 37 is really, I've been preaching on that a lot recently. The wind, the breath of God, That's the right. life of God 
which is speaks of revival, didn't happen until there was a coming together and the reforming, so to speak, of the body. I believe we're in this season where God's saying he wants to reform his body. And if we're going to be one body, as Ephesians 4 talks about, then we're going to have to learn how to be family because <laughs> you know, it's not just like we're connected bone to bone and, and we have no choice in the matter. We can walk away. But ultimately, that analogy isn't 100% accurate, but we are a family and we're going to have to learn how to be family and really love one another in, in this time. So I think that's a, a big part of, of what the Lord is doing. One thing, and certainly you feel free to just take that a little deeper if you want to, but I was wanting to just talk about what's going on in the world in terms of the darkness in many respects, the past couple of years, especially we've just seen, just seems incredible uptick in, in just the works of the devil and what he's doing. And what, what's your take on that? What's going on and, and how do we respond to, you know, what's happening spiritually in the world? Yeah. I, you know, I think we're living in the most exciting times of history. Mm -hmm. I really believe we are living in. I think to deny the darkness, I think would be foolish. Right. Uh, sure. I mean, we are in Isaiah five where people are calling good evil and evil good. Right. And at the same time, I also believe that we're in Isaiah 60, hmm. you know, um, arise shine, yeah. you know, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, deep darkness, the earth and, and the people. But then it says kings and queens will come to the light and I believe on the backdrop of darkness, it's the greatest hour for the church. It's the greatest hour for you and I and the body of Christ for us to shine. And it doesn't mean we have to do anything. You know, the reality is us just being present, hmm. we're shining brighter than before because it's just getting a little darker. So I, I really believe that in the darkest places, you know, and the reality is whether it's personal, everyone's going through a level of darkness on a personal level or global in terms of what's happening with the shaking Yeah, that, you know, we have to remember again, Matthew 16, you know, it was at the darkest place of the region, perhaps the earth in the known world during that time, Caesarea Philippi, the occult right. practices of blood sacrifices to the God yeah. of heaven, Zeus and Hermes and all that in the right. darkest place. That's where the greatest revelation of Jesus yeah. came forth. I believe that we're here to proclaim, to declare and demonstrate the gospel of the kingdom, reveal the goodness of God in a world that's filled with fear, pain, loss, to let them know that there is a father that loves them mm -hmm. and, and bring healing and demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need revival and reformation. When people are hurting, you know, Glenn, when COVID broke out, I started receiving calls from different mayor's offices. Part of my past is I work with cities and city council mayors to help really just bring a lift to their community. And one mayor called me and said, Tony, I don't like people like you. <laughs> he was referring to me as a Christian. And he All said, right. you know, I live this lifestyle and you may not even like me. And I said, well, I have no reason not to like you. I said, I don't know you. And he said, well, our community's in trouble. And I was told that I need to call you because you may have some solutions. Wow. 
So I met with the mayor, I met with the city attorney, the city manager, and a couple of the city council members. And we created some strategy. And, uh, uh, you know, for me, I don't know what I'm doing, Glenn. I just say yes and desperately cry out to God. Right. That's my strategy. Yeah, there you go. And then, yeah. and then he speaks to me in my desperation. Yeah. And, and we implemented some practical strategies yeah. and literally saved that community. And he and I became friends, you know, the one who said, I don't like people like you. And so reformation impacts on a systemic level. And when you impact systems and structures, that's when you see sustainability and longevity. And, you know, when we talk about reformation, we look in Europe at the reformation, obviously what it did to culture and to society is massive. Now I'm not by any means saying that we need to mandate that everybody becomes a Lutheran or <laughs> Presbyterian <laughs> or whatever. I'm just saying that we do recognize and value and appreciate the work that was done in terms of seeing society greatly improve and as a result of a heart that said, hey, we're not here just to get people in a building on a Sunday. We're here to make a difference in our cities and our nations. And that's a huge part of the gospel. And, and we're seeing more and more people are embracing this. The Power of Five podcast will be right back after this short break. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Power of Five podcast. I wanted to let you know a little bit more about our community. If you're looking to go deeper, if you desire equipping, training, and opportunities to really serve the Lord in various parts of the world, we have a kingdom community that is doing amazing things. And guys, all you need to do is head over to the website, awakenations.org, awakenations.org, enter your email address on the form, and we'll send you more information as a result of being added to our email list. Thank you so much, guys. And one of the things that we offer is a monthly training where we take a deep dive into all things fivefold ministry. We bring special guests from all over the globe to be part of this training. Now, back to the, the Power of Five podcast. Moving forward, what what should we kind of take away from this season we've been in and how do we really move forward in a way that we're truly collaborating with Holy Spirit? I think John 17, Jesus is for Father, make them one as you and I are one. And he goes on to say, the glory that you've given me, I give to them. I think that's to be, that needs to be the primary pursuit in terms of what we can deliver and what we can give to the Lord. Stacy Campbell, she said, what if our generation becomes a generation that doesn't only cry out for God to answer our prayers, but we answer the prayers of Jesus, that yeah. one prayer. And it's such a powerful statement. Glenn, when we're with leaders, things are so macro. Yeah. Right? They're so global. So we'll talk about discipling nations that I've stood right. before presidents yeah. and kings and tribal leaders. And, you know, Glenn, we've, we've both done that. Um, but oftentimes it becomes so nebulous and disconnected. Yeah. And so this is, this is what I encourage every reformer, even leaders, because a lot of leaders don't know where to begin. It's identify the area of your compassion. Oh, wow. Okay. 
because we're trying to solve the world's problem. It's not going to happen. We're just not that good. Yeah. <laughs> we're not that smart. We're not that powerful. And yeah. it's not about to say, well, in Christ, all things are possible. You're absolutely <laughs> right. But practically speaking, where does your compassion and mercy fall on? Because that's probably the place where God's calling you to create and bring reformation. Identify one area that you're called to address. Huh. And then from there, this aspect of collaboration, Glenn, it's not just, okay, what can I do? It's yeah. who do I want to work with? Who is okay. God calling me to be with? I can't fulfill the dream that God's given to me and who he created me to be. I'm not going to fulfill this apart from you, Glenn. I'm not going to fulfill this apart from the watchers and listeners because it's to be fulfilled as a body, as a yeah. community. Yeah. So the second question is, who do you want to work with? Who's already doing it that you could join yourself to? You know, yeah. we don't always have to lead. I just tell God, when you touch down in a room, I don't need to be on a stage. I don't need to hold the yeah. microphone. I wow. just want to be in the room when you move. I just want to be a part of it. And so I would say, identify where your compassion is. Know who you want to work with and the community that God's given to you. So I heard someone say, if you find your family, you found your destiny. And so it's the family that God's put you with. I want to do this with you, Glenn. Yeah. You know, I, you know, and some of my other friends that yeah. God put together. Yeah. And then from there, come together, seek the Lord. So often when I was reformers, the first thing they do is whip out the whiteboard. And I don't know about you, Glenn. I love whiteboards. <laughs> you know, I, I love, I was a consultant for many years at a consulting firm for government corporations doing private public ventures and strategies. And I love whiteboards, but reformation doesn't begin with whiteboards. It begins with an encounter with God. Man, yeah. As a community, get before the face of God. Psalm 67, one, God be gracious to us. And let the light of your face shine down on us so that your way may be known on the earth. So salvation will come to the peoples and the nations will praise you. you know, it's about the ways of God. And then from there, how do you know you're making change? You have to measure your impact. Huh. Instead of saying, we loved on a thousand people. Well, how do you measure that? And how do you be specific and tangible? And then from there, it's when and where will you begin? But these are just some key, simple I guess, strategic thoughts or questions that you can begin with in terms of where we're going, things are starting to open up. And I yeah. would lead with some of these questions in terms of bringing reformation as a reformer. Yeah. Those are really good questions, Tony, because I completely concur with you that we definitely need to do this in community with others. And one of the things that we need to be reminded of, I believe, is when you read the New Testament, for example, you see teams, you see community, and it's so important. Recently, when I've been talking about the apostolic, we've been using the word apostolic centers because we work with people around the world that are wanting to start these centers in their area to train, equip, and send out people. Right. And that's good. But I said to a lot of the guys that I interact with, we need to develop apostolic communities. That's right. And it's about the people. And when the people are apostolic in the sense that everyone knows I'm called to be part of the body of Christ and God has a specific work for me to do, obviously to be conformed to Christ's likeness and to fulfill my purpose and destiny. And like you said, that statement 
and you find your family, you'll find your purpose or your destiny. That is powerful. So powerful. And so many people are trying to fulfill their destiny. I, you know, Tony, I've been, I use, I've been saying this recently. I said, are you a body part or are you part of the body? There's a lot of people that are body parts. They know, hey, I'm this, I'm that. This is how I function. But they're not connected. And that goes back to Ezekiel 37 as well. The body uh, was not connected, the parts. And so there's a coming together, you know, that has to happen. And and so I really appreciate your insight on that. I I think it's so powerful. And, And everyone who's listening, please, guys, you got to understand this, like YouTube, Facebook Live, There's, we're going to keep doing these things. It's going to impact people. But ultimately, this is not a substitute for family, for community. It can be part of your family and community, but you got to have people that you're doing life with and doing community with as well. Tony, what would you say is one of the greatest needs right now in the body of Christ in terms of really seeing the power of God, the supernatural released. What is it that we need to do or or come into alignment with? Talk about reformation, but let's end with revival here. Sure, sure. I was part of a panel for a doctorate program not too long ago, and this question was posed. What do we do? What, What needs to happen with what's happening now? And family was a big part of it. Hmm. But the other part that I brought and I said, and I'm going to say it here is we, as God's people, we need to get compassion back in our hearts. We want the power. We want the demonstration. Jesus said, heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. And that was not an option, right? It was a mandate. And, and so for us to move in that direction and for us to move in John 1412, the greater work shall we do? I think in this season over the last couple of years, I don't know about the world. Maybe I could include the world in this statement, but at least I know in our nation, Glenn, that compassion has been set aside. And I believe that when we start operating in a compassion that the way Jesus did, compassion unlocks the power. Everything Jesus did just in the gospels, he had compassion. So he healed all those who were oppressed. He had compassion, so he raised Lazarus from the dead. He had compassion, so he fed those who saw us hungry. He had Uh compassion on them, so he taught them. Everything flowed from a place of compassion. And when we're operating out of God's heartbeat, compassion, and how do we get compassion? We need to be a people of prayer. There's a saint that said, prayer doesn't only move God, but it moves us in alignment with the heart of God. I'm sure there's other ways to getting compassion, but for me, the best way to align with God's heart is to start praying for people in my sphere, praying for my nation, pray for the nations. Because when you pray for the nations, you capture God's heart, but you're captivated with his heart. So now you start operating in a power and authority that he gives to us by the spirit. And then from there, we start operating from a world of limitless. That's what I do, Glenn, before I minister. People ask me, what do you do to prepare? Well, my message is usually prepared. I may not know what I'm going to say, but Glenn, let's be honest. We could just throw a message out. We could yeah. just you know, bring one of the top five messages. And if we've never spoken, then we could blow it. Right? I mean, let's be honest about that. Right. Absolutely. But outside of that, that's not what changes people. It's not what transforms. It's, that's not what releases the power. Right? 
my heart is, God, give me a love for this church. Amen. God, give me a love for this community. How do you see this community? How do you feel about that? How, you know, what's your heart towards that? What do you want for them? Yeah. What do you want to say to them? And I started capturing his heart, and then the miracles just start flowing. And so I think we as a church, we need to get back into aligning with God's heart and operate out of just compassion and love. Maybe I'm too not. simple, but I yeah. believe. The gospel is simple. And what you just articulated is so profound. And I really believe that was really what Jesus was saying on his final week on planet Earth. He's talking about the vine and the branches and basically mm -hmm. saying, stay connected. And when we're staying connected to him in that place of intimacy and communion, his life flows into us, his desires, his character and all of who he is. So we love people the way he does. And we minister out of that place. I was thinking of something that happened many years ago. It's just like the Holy Spirit just reminded me of this. I was ministering in Northern Canada. I'm originally from Canada, was born in Toronto and raised in the Toronto area. And I went up to this Northern community, French uh, speaking community. And when I got there, I met with the pastors and some of the leaders, and we had a great time of fellowship. Then they began to tell me about this woman. I said, there's this woman. She'll probably show up to the revival meetings, and she'll cause drama. She'll create a disturbance or whatever. And, and so I think it was the second night. The first night was awesome. We saw miracles, and the Lord was moving. The second night, she walks in, and how I knew is the pastor, he nudges me, goes, there she is. And when I saw her, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit started just giving me such compassion for her, and wow. he gave me some specific words of knowledge regarding some trauma she had gone through and abuse. I asked the pastor's wife to come with me, and we I went over to her. This was while praise and worship's going on, and I spoke with her. I said, hey, this is what the Lord told me. And she goes, yeah, it actually happened three times. And she broke Tony. Mm -hmm. She started weeping. And that night, she got delivered. Come she on. was healed physically. She had a condition. I think it was in her hips and her knees. She was totally healed. And she just walked out with the, her countenance just you know, glowing, came back the next night, got baptized with the Holy Spirit, totally changed and was transformed. And it was all because... The Lord imparted to me his grace and his perspective, how he saw her as his daughter, and it set her free. And so I, I know what you're saying is so true. If we can deal with people that way mm -hmm. and just show them love and the love of God, right? You know, it's the Paul talked about the love of Christ constrains us. And the love of God is poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit. He's the one who does that. So that's powerful. And guys, everyone who's watching this broadcast, what Tony just shared about compassion, man, we desperately need that in America. We need that in Australia. We need it in, in yes. Singapore and Brazil, wherever we are in the world, we need to manifest him. And I believe, Tony, that this reformation that's happening, really the outcome of it is 
that people would see Jesus represented. That's right. And my friend from Africa, we had a conference recently, and he was preaching, and he, in, in their English, they don't say represent, they say represent. <laughs> and <laughs> he just kept using the word, and I was like, it's so true. We're representing. So when people see us, they see Christ in the body. We're his body. So what? It resemble him. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. I love that. I love yeah. that. So awesome. Any final thoughts? Glenn, we could talk about this subject forever, you know, but I think in this season, I just want to encourage everyone's heart, uh, those who will watch, those who will listen, that. God is on the move everywhere I'm going, mm -hmm. Glenn, right now, especially in this season. I really believe we're in that Acts 18, 19 season where we're going to see Acts 19, 11 says extraordinary miracles were done through the hands of the Apostle Paul. I believe we're right. in the days of extraordinary miracles and we're seeing tremendous, tremendous moves of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Revival and reformation are never meant to be separated or divorced. They're one of the same. It's the same coin, two different sides, and we need the power of God. And I just want everyone to remember, yes, we need solutions. We need healing and we need encouragement, but also remember that we are the healing that God released on the earth, that we are the encouragement. We are the hope that God's placed on this earth. And, and so for me, I just live my life based off of three things, which is really simple faith, hope, and love. Let's just continue to believe God's promises in this season. Let's yeah. continue to believe who he says he is and who he is. And faith is in the confidence of, I can do this. Yeah. Faith is really the confidence of, this is who Jesus is. Amen. And then hope. I really believe we're the voice of hope, Glenn. Reformers are the voice of hope. And it's really this hope reformation that's being released all over the earth. Mm -hmm. And, and so, and it's the love of God, again, compassion, but okay. we need to be secured in this love, yeah. advance with this hope yeah. and operate in faith. Uh, in anything, yeah. Everything we do. Say that one more time, be secure in his love, secure in his love, advance in his hope and operate in faith. Awesome. That's so good. Wow. Hey. Tony, like you said, we could talk about this long, but there's been a lot of rich content revelation shared. I really appreciate you taking time to be with us. Thank you so much, Tony Kim, for being with me on Kingdom Community. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Glenn. And I love what you said. Are you a body part or are you part of the body? And let's all be part of the body. Hello, everyone. Have you heard of my new podcast called The Power of Five, where we talk about all things fivefold ministry? This is Glenn Blakeney of Awake Nations Ministries. I encourage you to join us each week as we bring some of the most knowledgeable kingdom leaders from around the globe into the studio to chat about this current season of Reformation and specifically how the restoration of the fivefold ministry plays such an integral role in what the Lord is doing to restore and raise up a glorious church in these days. Hallelujah. So guys, please subscribe to The Power of Five on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And would you also consider leaving a review, rating the podcast, and sharing on social media with your friends? 
together, let's recover the glory of the Lord as we contend for reformation, revival, the advancement of the kingdom of God on the earth.